this is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast, where CEOs, senior leaders, and C-suite executives share their advice. It's six questions in nine minutes because the best leaders know how to share their ideas concisely and quickly. Let's jump right in. Question number one, in a few sentences, please tell us who you are and what you do. So my name is Jennifer Fondervey. And I am the founder of Day One Ready, which is an M&A consultancy that helps business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs navigate the people challenges of business transformations, in particular, mergers and acquisitions. I speak on it, and in November 2019, I published a book, a survivor's handbook, Now What? How to Survive Through <laughs> Mergers and Acquisitions. I love it because it's all on the people side and let's be honest, right? Everybody's really good at evaluating the numbers and, you know, the, the black and white of the pro of the program. But I think we forget that people part, huh? We do, which is why, uh, you know, at first I thought, am I crazy to do this? I was a marketing executive. I, I went <laughs> to big deals, but the response and the reaction has been enormously positive, which tells me there's a growing interest and need to better understand that people component as you go into business transitions. Absolutely. Well, for my audience out there, they'll know that you're actually coming back on the show. And that's a big reason why I asked you back is because I wanted you to be able to share even more about your book and to be able to tell us a bit more about, you know, some of the things that we can do to be prepared for that people part of that merger and acquisition. You know, it's interesting, Stacey. I, it's been fascinating to me how much my marketing skills, the marketing and communication piece has played into the success of the book. Um, so for all the communicators and marketers out there listening, they are transferable because I think we have an ability to understand how important it is to communicate. And what I saw in the mergers and acquisitions that I experienced was that without that communication, without understanding the people piece and the culture piece, how that can negatively uh, affect the success of a merger and acquisition deal. So a big part of the advising that I do for executives and entrepreneurs is not only to understand the people challenges, but how to communicate the vision of where you're taking the company after. And I'm, I focus on mergers and acquisitions, but this is true for any business transformation. When you are trying to get people to understand the way forward and what their role is, you've got to paint a picture, a vision of where you're taking the company. And I know you can relate to that. Absolutely. So is that how this kind of came together? You know, like looking at your background as that C-suite marketing and advertising executive, and yet you somehow ended up in this mergers and acquisition, you know, area. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of how your path came to be or was there more to that story? Uh, yes and no. I was a corporate marketing executive and I went through three multi-billion dollar acquisitions. And wow. I realized during those acquisitions, each time I kept saying, there has got to be a better way through M&A, a way in which the value of the deal, the what they're looking for to hit in year one is achieved. And what I saw were a lot of the pain points were related to a, a lack of appreciation or understanding for the role of culture and how people react to change, how you need to communicate around change. And you know, to the point that I was making earlier, the importance of painting a vision that people can understand and see what their role is and how they move forward. And having gone through this three times, interviewing uh, over 60 executives, uh, anyone from CEOs to CFOs, private equity entrepreneurs, 
I recognize the importance of, of really talking about the, the value of analyzing and understanding the people piece and the communication part of business transformation. I can see how so clearly how that comes together when you think about the skills of the marketer really being able to paint that vision, as you say, of, of that ideal world after using this product or service. It's such a perfect mix to come over here now on this side and use that same skill to really help people to see how coming together as an organization is going to help them to be even more successful. So that bridge makes perfect sense. And you, I'm sure you've seen it as well, right? If you don't communicate that or you just don't communicate period right people will fill the void with worst case scenario <laughs> if it's lack of information they assume the yeah. worst and so all of the energy that you've put into making that deal happen if you aren't properly communicating around it it can undermine the success of the deal pretty quickly absolutely so when it comes to dramatic change for a business, it doesn't get any bigger than what happens post M&A, right? Um, you've highlighted some of the people consequences of those dramatic changes a business goes through in your book. I'm curious, can you share what some of those are? Well, one of the things that was a surprise to me is that when people are afraid and are in sort of fight or flight mode, they change. And oftentimes, and this is true, whether it's a multi-billion dollar deal like the ones I went through, or even on, on a smaller scale, when people are worried about what's going to happen for their future and, and afraid for their future, you don't always necessarily see the best side of them. A different okay. side can emerge. And so a big part of the book that I bring to light is, and I intentionally say, you can't judge people. You might actually see some of these traits in yourself. Yeah, you know, the, just think of the TV show Survivor, right? The, the people, you know, they were allies one week and enemies the next. They, you know, people will jockey and go back and forth when they're trying to, to win a prize. And in this case, when people are trying to hold on to their job. Survival. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you may just see a different side of them. So I bring to life um, the different personalities that I experienced, you know, the know-it-all, the know-nothing, the missing in action, the ostrich, <laughs> the former rock star. You know, and I and I tried to be humorous about it and, and they're illustrated with caricatures because again, I wanted people to appreciate that that happens um, without being afraid of it. And, and fortunately the reaction to that has been very positive because it's helped people identify. I consistently have someone say, oh, I know that, I know that person. I've worked, I didn't even need an M&A deal to, to work with a know-it-all. And so really the intent there is to help identify what can happen when change, dramatic change is occurring in your company and how to, how to appreciate how that might affect people. Yeah. I mean, changes oftentimes will lay change against kind of the, the stages of death and dying because it feels like people kind of go through that evolution of, you know, denial and anger and, you know, grief. And then they kind of circle back through them sometimes even, you know. Yeah, you you touch on the other part of my book, which is, and really that part, the, the exactly as you said, right, talking about the stages of grief, um, I talk about that because when I was an executive, particularly in the first acquisition experience I went through, I was the global head of B2B marketing for Navtech, a digital mapping company. And we were acquired by Nokia. They were B2C and we were B2B. And, and there, were, there were issues because we both came to that deal with arrogance. And I couldn't understand why I felt depressed and angry and, and 
you know, just all the emotions that you go through when yeah. changes, dramatic change is happening. And it wasn't until um, reading about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's, you know, uh, book on death and dying, where she talks about the grief stages that you can go through. And um, it was in talking to a grief counselor, uh, just, you know, separately who said, you're mourning the future that won't be. And that's exactly how it feels. You, you, we all tend to envision a pretty kick-ass future for ourselves. And when that all kind of falls, it, it's called into question, you can go through uh, those emotional stages. So th that's equally a, a, a part of what I wanted to hit on is that emotional journey that you go through. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful because again, you think about it, it just in the sales world, we talk all the time about sales are 80% emotion, 20% logic. And I would imagine the same thing is true in this sort of environment where, hey, you're trying to sell the team that this is a good idea, that the vision includes them and it's going to be even better than the one they might have imagined before. Um, and, you know, again, they might still be feeling that loss as you describe it. And that's, that was a big part. I, my goal was to help people get to acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I had so many readers of the book who have written me and said, thank you. I thought I was going crazy because <laughs> they, they, they couldn't articulate. They couldn't understand, you know, why am I feeling this way? It's business. But when you've invested so much in, in your company or your organization, it, it is an emotional time. And so helping people get to acceptance, because I, I say, you aren't going to see the opportunities in the future if you keep clinging to the past. If all of your energy is proving that the past was, you know, all those achievements were the best, you know, and trying to highlight that as opposed to looking for how you can contribute to the future and see those opportunities. Uh, and thankfully, that's the feedback I've been getting is how the book has helped people appreciate, you know, just the, the need to be future focused. So I love, I mean, a, a core part of what we do here at Concilio is really helping to improve um, teams by helping the way that they communicate and really leveraging that power of, of, you know, words, tone of voice, body language to truly get your message across. And I saw a number of reviews on your book that people felt um, it was, it was an important message that needed to be shared and understood for a company considering pursuing M&A is to really consider kind of that communication element. How do you see your book helping organizations go through change? Well, it's interesting because I wrote the book initially for someone like me. I It was for those people who aren't in the room when the deal is made, but who mm -hmm. are burdened with the execution. But what, what has been enormously rewarding is it, both executives have said it gives them a view on what to expect, how to manage and appreciate the emotional journey. But then it equally has played the role of a, a handbook right, for those stages of grief, for the changes in personality, and then how to, how to see the opportunity. So um, I use myself as a muse, if you will, but it's been, it's been rewarding to hear the, the feedback that it's helped both, you know, your executives as well as your frontline leaders to be smarter about what to expect and to better manage those business transitions that are just naturally going to happen, um, you know, in that post-deal environment. Yeah, that's amazing. And again, you think about that change management curve and the more you can help people kind of get over that um, together, I think the more powerful your team comes out on the other side. You see so many fractured teams as a result of M&As more so than you see the United version. Um, yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I, I recently did um, a talk with executives 
And I, and, and we talked about body language, right? Cause I did an HBR article on us versus them. And, mm-hmm. and I said, it can get down to the, who's on the email chain. Who do you include on the email chain? And are they two or CC? Uh, it's even who you call on first in a meeting. All of those things are analyzed by people. So, you know, to your point about communication, I reinforce that communication happens both verbally, it's your body language, it's your digital language. All of those things are evaluated uh, and people use that as, as an assessment for how am I doing? Where is this going? What's going to happen? So the emphasis on, on communication is critical. Gosh, I love all this. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours about all of this. It's just too cool. So, all right, magic question number six for you. What other successful business leaders like yourself should be on the show? Who else should we be paying attention to in this space? Well, someone who I've I've gotten to know well, her name's Amy Barnard Bond. And we laugh because we're both very niche, right? I mean, I'm I'm MA executives, entrepreneurs, very narrow lane of, of business transition. And she actually is a, a former ethics compliance um, executive, but she now is an executive coach to compliance and ethics officers who, mm-hmm. as you might imagine, it's a really critical and important. Ooh. And what we talk about a lot is how lonely it can be when you get to a certain level as an executive, who do you turn to? Where do you get advice um, from you, you will have your trusted board of advisors, but oftentimes having a coach and, and certainly in Amy's case, a coach who's been in your shoes, who knows what it's like to be an ethics and compliance officer. Um, so I just, I think she's great. Uh, it's a, it's a narrow area, but uh, enormously valuable to, to ethics and compliance officers. Absolutely. Well, and I think we probably all have this feeling in one way, shape or form of being alone in some way. And so I'm sure there's going to be something there that resonates. So I'll look forward to, to meeting her as well. Oh, she's super, just super. Well, Jennifer, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And this was no exception to that rule. Um, if folks wanted to reach out and introduce themselves, how might they find you? What's a good way to get in touch? A couple ways. Uh, I would say first LinkedIn. I do yeah. a lot of uh, activity on LinkedIn. So Jennifer J. Fondrebay, mm-hmm. uh, my website, jenniferjfondrebay.com. Uh, but really I would say it's been great to have so many different people reach out on LinkedIn, um, you know, to share both perspective um, content. I've got uh, an article I'm excited to say coming out on Fast Company called How to Avoid Becoming a Former Rockstar. Uh, <laughs> Those are the kinds of content pieces I like to share. Uh, always want to be a little bit tongue in cheek because, you know, MA can be a somber topic. Well, and I think we all need a laugh, right? And we need to be able to laugh at ourselves. And so I appreciate your approach there. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And as always, I hope you come back and visit us again soon. And until then, this is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast. For more ideas and insights on communication, please do check us out at www.concilioteam.com. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Take care. Bye-bye.